Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's February. 1692. Somewhere off the coast of the Bermuda Islands, adrift in the Atlantic. The Amity, a small 70-ton privateer sloop with eight guns, has just been ravaged by a storm. Its 40-odd sailors are still dazed and reeling. On the deck, Thomas Tew, the captain. He's had enough of their complaining. What is wrong with these sailors who can barely stand up? He steps forward and climbs onto a keg to address his men. He announces the plan that has been hatching for some time. Two wants to abandon their official mission and become a true pirate. The governor of Bermuda sent them to the coast of Gambia. But Two has other, greater ambitions beyond the Cape of Good Hope and the sprawling islands of Madagascar onwards to unfamiliar seas where almost no other western pirate has sailed before rumor has it that unimaginable riches pass through these waters chests of gold and silver are ripe for the taking captain two's speech has the desired effect the men gradually rise to their feet their strength and ambitions restored And when the captain lifts his cutlass to the skies and asks if they will follow his lead, they cry out in unison. With a gold chain or a wooden leg, we will follow you. It is at this point that Thomas II raises the Jolly Roger pirate flag for the very first time. A single arm brandishing a cutlass against a jet black background. To celebrate the release of the new Skull and Bones video game, discover the stories of some of the most infamous pirates of the Indian Ocean. The cruel, bloodthirsty privateers, buccaneers, and sailors turned criminals terrorized and pillaged the seas. Pirates were not born. They were made. I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and you're listening to Gangsters of the Seas. We know very little about Thomas II's early years. Just that he was born around 1649, possibly in England or the American colonies around Newport, perhaps, or in Rhode Island. In any case, this is where we find the first evidence of him. He was a merchant ship captain, a husband, and a father of two young daughters. But as the 1690s dawned, and war raged between France and other countries in the Old World, Thomas II swapped his trading vessel for a warship 
becoming a privateer with the mission of chasing French fleets out of the Atlantic. His home port was Bermuda, a small archipelago in the middle of the ocean between Europe and the New World. It was here that the sailor began playing fast and loose with the law, attacking ships he wasn't meant to approach. Some were already beginning to label him as a pirate. And justifiably so, as in the pubs and taverns of the archipelago, Thomas Tew would keep company with some of the most, let's just call them, untrustworthy thugs, including his friend, a certain Richard Want. There's no doubt that Want was a pirate, a cruel and bloodthirsty hulk of a man who was as quick to draw his cutlass as his whiskey flask. The two men listened attentively to others' conversations and were hearing more and more about the seas to the east and the Indian Ocean. If the rumors were to be believed, the shipping routes to the east of the African continent could be the new pirate El Dorado. There, unlike the Atlantic or the Caribbean, there was practically zero risk of stumbling upon menacing French and Spanish warships. All that was to be found were occasional East India Company ships keeping watch. The trading posts were almost defenseless. Most important of all, the treasures that could be found there made anything they'd known previously look like pin money. The Mughal Empire that ruled most of India was incredibly wealthy its territories stretching from Pakistan in the west to Bangladesh in the east. It was in conflict with the Maratha Confederacy, a warrior group of Hindu peasants on India's Malabar coast. The Mughals were one of the world's richest powers, their reach extending into Europe via Cape of Good Hope and to the Ottoman Empire via the Red Sea. As well as precious metals and gemstones, the Mughal's ships were laden with spices, ivory, and luxury fabrics that all sold like hotcakes for a pretty penny. Enthralled by the promise of these exotic oceans, the two men, Tew and Want, resolved to take off on an adventure. But Thomas Tew was prudent. Before setting sail, he managed to acquire a letter of mark from the governor of Bermuda, an official document that gave him carte blanche to roam freely without English authorities on his back. The captain borrowed money from several of the archipelago's notables to buy and arm a ship. The Amity was a 70-ton war sloop equipped with four starboard side guns and four port side guns. Two and his ship's mate, Richard Want, recruited 40 sailors, all believing they were headed to Gambia, where the Amity and another ship were meant to attack and pillage French-controlled Gore in Senegal. At least those were the terms of the letter of mark that two had obtained. But our captain had other plans. The ship set sail early 1692. It was then that the violent storm struck the Amity, and Thomas II convinced his men to abandon the governor's orders and sail to the Indian Ocean. The crew didn't need much persuading. The sailors on privateer ships were poorly paid, and the promise of a treasure was enticing. The pirates celebrated the change of plan by drinking rum through the night. At dawn, the ocean now still in calm. The Amity set course 
for South Africa. A few months later, Captain Thomas Chu steered them around the Cape of Good Hope and headed northwards. In the early summer of 1692, he entered the Mozambique Channel. To his left was the eastern coast of Africa. To his right, the vast island of Madagascar. He had reached his destination. Two had heard talk of an Adam Baldridge, an Englishman like himself. This sea dog had arrived two years earlier and was said to have set up a pirate hideout in the small island of St. Marie, to the northeast of Madagascar. Highwaymen of the waves could find everything their hearts desired there. Not just provisions, but pleasures too. It made the ideal pit stop before pushing northwards. In St. Marie, Two replenished his stores and recruited an extra dozen or so sailors. At the pirate hideout, the captain took counsel from a rare few seasoned sailors of these eastern seas, who warned him to avoid certain places and to keep out of the way of the East India Company's powerful ships. He also picked up a few helpful leads, learning how to identify the most lucrative targets by the shapes of their sails and hulls. Recognizing them was easy. A raised stern was typical of the Ganges, merchant vessels that sailed in their dozens along the shipping routes towards the Ottoman Empire. These ships were laden with riches, but the power of their guns and the valor of their crews were not to be underestimated. The little pirate ship weighed anchor and left Madagascar, heading north. I thought I heard of Skerlock They sailed along the coast and rounded the Horn of Africa, taking Thomas II and his crew into the waters of the Red Sea. The men decided to set their sights on Param Island off the coast of Yemen. It was a perfect place to hide and ambush the ships as they entered and left the Red Sea. And it didn't take long for Thomas II to snare his first prey. After just a few days, one of the Amity's lookouts saw in his spyglass one of those raised holes they'd been told about in St. Marie. The captain sprang into action. The anchor was raised, the mainsail hoisted, and the pirate ship raced towards its target. As they approached the ship, two ordered the black flag to be raised. He positioned his men at the guns, and ordered them to fire warning shots. But the enemy ship didn't retaliate or submit. The Amity drew nearer. When the two vessels were side by side, Thomas II launched the attack. Dozens of grapple hooks were flung onto the deck, and pirates hoisted themselves onto the ship, hurling threats and insults. Primed for a fight, they brandished their cutlasses and aimed their muskets at the enemy's sails. The pirates may have gone in a little strong, 
They had been warned of formidable crews, but instead they discovered a bunch of terrified sailors. Only a handful fought back, and a couple of minutes was all it took to slaughter them. Their heads cut off, or their bodies blasted overboard by the impact of gunfire. Having witnessed the carnage, the others all surrendered without a fight. Thomas II was now the first Western pirate to have taken a ship in the Red Sea without losing a single one of his men. Quite a feat. His first victory exceeded the Amity crew's wildest dreams. The loot was unimaginable. Dozens of chests brimming with gold ingots and coins, coffers overflowing with silver and ivory, and dozens and dozens of pounds of rare and valuable spices not to mention all the precious gemstones and rolls of silk. In total, 250,000 pounds of loot, equivalent to $520 million in today's money. Intoxicated by this extraordinary haul, Captain Tew planned more attacks. He told his men that he wanted to pursue the convoy that the captured ship had been following. They could catch up with it, and if their holds were as full as the one they had just taken, the booty would be nothing short of legendary. But astonishingly, the crew refused to go. And the ship's mate, Richard Want, talked the captain out of his plan, saying that they had already seized enough and that they shouldn't take risk of losing it. So the Amity set sail south, the Mughal Ganja following in its wake. The ships dropped anchor at St. Marie, the pirate hideout in Madagascar. It was time to count the spoils and pay his men. Thanks to their epic haul, each pirate received 1,200 pounds, more than the average sailor could hope to make in several lifetimes of labor. Today, that would be around $250,000 per head, not forgetting the captain, who pays himself 8,000 pounds, which would be the equivalent of $1.7 million in today's money. Two might have been a pirate, but he was not entirely disloyal setting aside 45,000 pounds to pay his creditors in Bermuda. After a few weeks of indulgence in St. Marie's taverns, Thomas II headed home to America's English colonies. The Amity docked in Newport, Rhode Island in early 1694. Now he was a wealthy man. Thomas II intended to live life to the fullest. He moved to New York with his wife and two daughters, where he knew he'd be safe. Local governor Benjamin Fletcher was known to turn a blind eye to the acts of pirates and ocean bandits, even welcoming them with open arms. Thomas, too, led an extravagant life. He spent his days with the upper echelons of society and attended lavish parties in the evenings. His daughters dazzled everyone with their fine jewelry and clothes each outfit more luxurious than the last. The pirate captain shared his tales of his Red Sea exploits with anyone who would listen. He recounted how easy it had been to take the enemy ship and spoke of the incredible treasures seized from the Mughal Ganja. His story spread like wildfire through North America's underworld. Many of them were bored with the Caribbean and the Atlantic and decided to take adventure into the Indian Ocean. Thomas II's tale became legendary. He had paved the way for a route that would come to be known as the Pirate Round. Swept up in the euphoria, 
Two's men announced that they too wanted to return to the sea and undertake one last campaign. It didn't take the captain long to agree. The lore of the treasure was insatiable. Thomas too assembled another crew. By this stage, his former right-hand man, Richard Want, was captain of his own ship and had already set off to the east. So Captain Two hired another seasoned sea dog by the name of John Ireland. But before they set sail once again, Thomas Two needed to make sure that the English wouldn't cause him any problems. He bribed Governor Fletcher with 300 pounds for a letter of mark. Officially, he was being sent to chase off French ships. He weighed anchor and set off for the Indian Ocean in November 1694. After stopping for supplies and to pick up extra crew in Madagascar, the Amity headed for the Bob El Mandeb Strait. But just as he entered the Red Sea, the captain realized he was not alone. Through his spyglass, he could see five other pirate ships docked behind Param Island at the very spot where he had hidden two years earlier. Richard Want was there, among others. Aboard his formidable 46-gun frigate was Henry Avery with a 150-strong crew. The sailor had a solid reputation and appeared to be leading this fleet of pirate ships. With his little sloop, Two didn't stand a chance against them. He had no choice but to join the little armada. It was no coincidence that they were here. They had all heard of the Amity's exploits two years earlier. So he now found himself forced to share the waves with a host of ferocious pirates. Just a few weeks earlier, a Dutch captain had made a name for himself by cutting off the lips of one of his captives and roasting him on the deck and then eating him. European pirates were now feared, and the ships of the East were better prepared as a result. On September 8, 1695, the pirate fleet spied a Mughal convoy attempting to cross the sea in the distance. From his deck, Henry Every gave the signal, and Thomas II ordered his men to sail toward the first ship. The pirate vessels encircled a large warship named the Fateh Muhammad loading their cannons and lighting their fuses. Cannonballs and flames rained down on the Indian ship as it fought tooth and nail against the onslaught. By some miracle, it hit its target, striking the Amity with a cannonball and causing considerable damage. A second cannon was fired, headed straight for the command post where Thomas II was standing. The captain had no time to react. The cannonball tore into his body, killing him instantly. Devastated, his men laid down their arms, and with the help of the other pirate ships, the crew was saved. They traveled to Madagascar to find a new ship before heading back to America, minus their captain, whose body doubtless lay at the bottom of the sea. In his brief career, Thomas II led just two pirate campaigns, but he went down in history as the man who opened a new pirate route and inspired a host of new sea bandits. He was a pioneer of the Eastern Seas, and his life story has become legendary. 
he left a legacy even greater than the treasure he captured. I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and this has been an Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Thanks for listening. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.